terms of thinking about outreach, there's, you know, being reactive and being proactive. And so I think often in order to prove success of these programs and to continue the funding or continue, you know, the board being on board with these new programs, um, you know, you have to have a certain number of folks enrolling, a certain number of folks inquiring about the program. And so I think not doing it, and it doesn't even just have to be daily best, right? It can be a variety of different ways to be able to do more targeted, specific outreach to these potential candidates. It's amazing how many folks just don't know. Welcome to the Good News Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Darling, along with Carlo Navarro. And we're really excited because we get to talk about things like sales, marketing, faith, leadership, uh, business development, lead generation, all of these things that we're incredibly passionate about and, and truly believe that when it's done right, you can really, really begin to find your customers that you love to serve and be able to go out and, and just really do what you guys do best. And so we just think this part of business is so incredibly important, but oftentimes it gets missed. And so we want to have a chat and that's what we're starting off with. So I'm Carlo. Yeah, I'm the co-host. I'm excited to be here. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, but this is really exciting just to get in a room with other people to talk about really fun things, important things, but also, you know, get some insights on the industry that we've been working in for so long. And so I'm just pumped to be here. And we are really excited to have Emily Kohler here from Daily Vest, who is very special because Jonathan and I are now part of Daily Vest, but also um, excited to have Emily here because she's been here uh, for quite some time. And she's also a co-founder of Daily Vest and what we'll be, what we'll be talking about later uh, a lot more today. So Emily, you want to just give a little intro about yourself and uh, then we can go from there. Yeah, great. Thanks, Carlo. So I'm Emily Kohler. Uh, thrilled to be here. And really, my background is in uh, marketing specifically within the startup world for different healthcare startups and fintech startups. Um, and I actually met Andy and Dave, the original two co-founders of Daily Vest, uh, right before the pandemic. Um, and so we've been working together for a little over three years now. And what's been really exciting is to see how Daily Vest has really evolved as we've continued to improve, you know, the technology, um, the process, the, um, you know, just overall the, the analytics, everything that kind of goes into what we do for outreach. And so um, we actually started in the B2B space. Um, and then we started exploring the healthcare and higher ed space. I know that's part of what we'll be uh, chatting about today. Yeah, what I find really interesting is oftentimes when you have conversations about business development or lead generation, it's there is a lot of it in that that B2B space, right? Especially mm -hmm. for organizations and and you know, whether or not we want to get into they train their people really, really well on how to find their ideal customers. They, they typically hire people more geared towards understanding how to go out and find people who can buy their stuff. Right. And, but what I think is really interesting, Emily is, is during your time at the daily vest starting to see where lead generation uh, and the, the, tools and the tactics and the strategies that help build top of funnel for companies also works in the higher ed space when it comes to uh, the these colleges and these universities looking for people who might want to go on to graduate level type studies or go study in, in certain degree programs and stuff. How have you seen from your time in marketing and startups 
what do you think that's shown you about lead generation and business development and, and finding your ideal customers in higher education? So I like to break it down um, kind of back to the basics of, you know, there's an inbound strategy of folks coming to you and asking you for more information. And in the higher ed world, that often looks like applying for a program. And then there's the outbound. And so what I think is interesting about B2B is, you know, you have to do both in order to be successful. So I think historically mm-hmm. in higher ed, a lot of the um, the focus has been more on that inbound side of things in terms of waiting for someone to come to a career fair or to fill out a form or to call an admissions person. Um, and what I think we've been able to bring to the table is, you know, another piece of that strategy of, you know, being proactive and reaching out. So really identifying who is the ideal student profile, what are their characteristics in terms of what their background might look like, the organizations they might be a part of today, their job titles, all sorts of data points, and then building, you know, those target lists to be able to reach out with really thoughtful messaging from an actual real person at the university or college that we're working with. Yeah, that, that's what, that's really interesting because you mentioned, you know, meeting the co-founders, Andy and Dave, before like pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like, and I'm a marketer too, I feel like marketing has completely shifted in the last two, three years than over the last 10. And so with, (laughs) with, with, you know, admissions or enrollment, you know, just going to see a campus, like, I guess you couldn't do that. So it's, it's really cool to see. And we'll probably dig in more like, you know, using the technology to reach people who can't physically come in and see the campus. And that was kind of the sell for me. Like, you know, from an undergrad perspective, it was like, oh, this is cool. I can see myself <laughs> studying here in the quad or hanging out somewhere else. But, you know, that was the big, the big attraction was, can I, um, you know, see students? Can I see the campus? Can I see where I'm going to live? And now it's like, how do I learn about a campus that I want to, you know, to learn at? For sure. And I think what's so interesting is, especially with a lot of the graduate programs that we work with, you know, no longer is it so much about having to be there in person. There's so many hybrid approaches that are way more affordable as well. But a lot of the struggle I think these universities are having is like getting the word out around these really specialized niche programs that a lot of folks would be interested in if they knew they existed. Um, And so, you know, we always talk about not doing a spray and pray method of, you know, the bill of order, the radio ad where you're not as targeted. Um, but instead, you know, really being specific with who you're reaching out to about that specific program. Yeah. Well, Emily, and that's that's what I think is that's the thing that I think is so interesting about all this, right? Because we we know in marketing and sales, we know that the more specific we are on the the customer that we're targeting, the personas within those organizations that we're targeting, all those things, we know that from a business. Uh, a business-to-business perspective is incredibly important, yet it's still not done, right? Like a lot of companies don't take a lot of time to really dig into that that side of it. Or if it is, it's mostly on the marketing side and it's not. there's not a lot of feedback from the sales side. But you have salespeople who are trained to go do this. How, how do you view like these people that sit in some of those recruitment centers that are making, you know, that are fielding some of those calls, how does having a more proactive approach change their development or how they're developed with having these new conversations that they're drumming up from a business development standpoint? So I have to start with just saying that the folks in higher ed are the nicest folks I've ever had the pleasure (laughs) of working with. Like they're, they're there because they're passionate about the programs or about the university. And 
really like what's been an absolute joy is being able to help connect them with potential students who they want to talk to. So what we're doing is really taking the place of a lot of the manual outreach that they might have had to do, you know, historically, and really working to fill their, their calendar with meetings um, of folks who are raising their hand and saying that they want to learn more. Yeah. And like in, in general, right? Like that's, that's the fun part of sales. And if you don't even want to consider yourself in sales is that you get to talk to people who actually want to talk to you. It's not, it's not some contrived, you know, I'm trying to sell you something that you don't need, but it is nice to be able to sit down uh, at the table and talk, you know, pretty authentically that they have a specific need that you may have a solution for. So I think that's, that's also the really interesting part. And I thought, um, you know, with the, the way uh, the company works is that you are really, we are really putting people in the right place to talk to you at the right, you know, not necessarily the right time, but maybe the right, um, the right conversation. Well, it's all about value alignment, right? And like one of the um, universities we work with, Vermont Law and Graduate School, they have some really interesting, exciting niche environmental law master's degrees. And it's been so fun to hear like the feedback of the folks in admissions who are now speaking to a lot of these students where, you know, they didn't know there was an animal protection policy master's degree that could set them up with so many different, really interesting um, uh, roles uh, post-graduation or even, you know, while they're in the program. And so... um, you know, I never knew about that before, but now having, you know, we went and visited campus, um, met a, a bunch of folks. And, you know, after that, it was just like so powerful to be able to like take that back into what we do of like understanding, you know, that we're really helping spread their mission and their values to folks who, um, you know, want to or who believe in that same thing and, and want to be empowered to do that good work. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's so interesting because you're talking about it like there's all these there's all these incredible programs and i remember being on a call with a customer that said you know um when she came to the university that that she was working at she was told that hey this is really you know this is a hidden gem of a university and she was like i don't want to be a hidden gem anymore um (laughs) because they're very passionate about finding people who are passionate about like you know, these same types of things to show them, Hey, like you can build a career, you can get more education in this space. I I know for me, I just, when COVID hit, I went back and got my MBA. And when I was looking for the place to go, I chose Regent university because it was the first place I Googled. Like I just Googled (laughs) leadership. (laughs) MBA Yeah. And it came came up. Right. Yeah. And so shout out, shout out Regent university, shout out to the Royals. Um, But like it it was, it was one of those things. Like I was a prime candidate for a, for a leadership program, like a MBA with a concentration in organizational leadership. And I didn't even know where to look, but if, if, people understood the types of like characteristics of someone like me that, Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe look at this guy at this point in his career, look at what he's done. Look at the stuff that he's involved in from a leadership perspective. He might be someone who might, it doesn't look like he has a graduate degree. He might be somebody interested in one of our programs, right? Like the first college that would have, or university that would have reached out to me, I would have said yes to, because the first one I clicked on was Regent University. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I'll, I'll apply here. And it's the only place I applied for. Right. So yeah. I, I just, I just think it's interesting that, you know, that there's so many of these, these great programs out there 
that are these hidden gems that are just really tired of being hidden. Like they, they want to be seen because they want to serve. Yeah, certainly. And I think that, you know, at the forefront of that is the people at the organization. And that's part of what's so, so cool. I think about how we do our outreach. It wouldn't be like Regency or Regent, um, the brand reaching out. It would be someone, you know, an actual person who works in enrollment or who works in admissions reaching out um, to share about, you know, that MBA or um, master's in leadership role program yeah and the, the other end of it is that you have so the, the end that you have really passionate people at these programs and universities about the really niche um you know offerings that they have but also i think today if you spend any time on linkedin everyone is really trying to figure out their niche too and i and they're not just wanting to work at a you know more generalized um tech startup but if they are for instance looking for something very specific like i think t- people today like candidates today are trying to find their own passion and it could be an animal animal protection like who knew that there was a a program for that right it could be something environmental it could be whatever it is i think more and more people are trying to figure out um you know what their passions are and how to connect that with you know furthering education getting the experience and it's really interesting world we live in today because especially now with the immense layoffs that are happening. I mean, when I remember the first time I got laid off from a larger company, that my first instinct was, well, I should just go, I should go back to school. But wh- what do I do? What, a, what yeah. do I like? <laughs> Who's out there? How much is it? So I had no idea. And you just start Googling like Jonathan did and figure out what, well, maybe I'll just go get my MBA or whatever. But now there's, I think, choices, not just from programs, but also you don't have to physically be there. You can, you can, you can, go to school in London or, you know, wherever. So I think that's a really interesting space we're in where both sides are getting really specific and niche, but I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Oh, certainly. And I think like there's so many options, right? So to your yeah. point, figuring out how can universities continue to differentiate themselves specifically within those master programs, because there are a ton of niche programs, but there's also the more, you know, what folks might see is general, but they're still providing a ton of value and how are they able to stand out in a way that's different than, you know, the other programs that are in the same vicinity. Yeah. And, and how, how are you seeing universities communicate that message now from a marketing standpoint? Because, you know, before it was like, let's, let's do some paid ads. Let's, let's throw some Facebook ads out there with LinkedIn ads, if you do that or, or whatever, is the marketing a little bit different now because it comes from individual versus this mass, a, a brand awareness campaign that we typically see. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the principles of B2B where, you know, it can take eight to 13 touch points to get someone to respond or raise their hand still applies in the higher ed outreach for potential candidates. And two of the channels that we've seen be really effective in reaching these potential candidates are LinkedIn and email. And um, in for both of those platforms, there's a lot of different ways you can go about campaigns. But we found that, you know, using a person's LinkedIn profile to reach out organically with a connection request or an open Mm -hmm. in mail um, to the potential student directly versus the brand, um, you know, from a, a response rate perspective to be a lot better just because we're being very clear up front why, why we're reaching out and that we're an actual human on the other end that can speak to them if they're interested in learning more. Um, in the same way we've done that with email, what we've found a lot of success in is actually driving folks to like webinars or info sessions about these programs because often someone might not be quite ready to have a one-on-one conversation, but they do want to learn more. And a lot of these universities are, you know, already hosting these info sessions about these different degrees, be it if they're new or they've been legacy programs. And so that's just another way to, you know, continue to bring folks 
valuable information as they're kind of figuring out, you know, what they want their next step in like the higher education space to be. Yeah, that's I see. I think that's so cool because, sorry, geeking out on mark on the marketing side yeah. because. <laughs> Traditionally, we're, we're looking at the, you know, the funnel metrics, right? Top of funnel is, is either content or ads. And if we can get specific on a target, we can, we can run ads. But then the golden, you know, the golden ticket is how do we get someone's email address through a form to get their website? Then now we have our email and then now we can do a, a drip campaign to reach out. Well, it's sort of like you've not, we didn't skip the, that piece of the funnel, but we've gotten right to the fact that we can get someone's information, get really specific and not necessarily have to run broad awareness ads, but we can actually get, like we say, human to human, one to one and start that conversation, which is, it blows my mind. You marketing wow, people awesome. geeking out over here. <laughs> Let's talk about marketing. Well, the other thing I'll say too, is I think it's really interesting too, that, you know, we're we're very respectful of people's responses of if they're interested or not. Right. So if someone says, Hey, I'm not interested, it's like, great, you know, have a great rest of the week. No problem. Like really it goes back to that value of wanting to connect to the value with folks where it makes sense based on um, where they're at in life. And and often there's folks who, you know, it's a future opportunity. They're interested, but now they just had a baby or they just started a new job and it's not a good time. And so from like a funnel perspective, I think a lot of the work that we're doing is also building the pipeline for two years down the road, three years down the road, um, and not just focusing on like someone applying tomorrow based on our outreach. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned like, and this is for Jonathan, your question, the question for you is like, you know, 18 to 13 touch points, right. For, for a really great salesperson like yourself, like that's <laughs> possible, right? right? Like that consistent, you yeah. know, effective, but we can't, can we, re- we can't really expect someone to do that consistently over time and at scale. Look, there, what I what I find so interesting about it, you guys are geeking out on marketing. I'm over <laughs> here going, okay, but I want to know what's what what is the increase in conversations and then conversions to enrollment that yeah. that this type of outreach using LinkedIn and email, uh, using different types of services like like you know at the Daily Best, like what is that return on? But then also, you know, Emily's right. Eight to 13 touches in B2B. Now, all of my career has been in business development and new customer acquisition, right? Going out everything from cold calling to knocking on doors, uh, you know, uh, a phone warrior, a street warrior. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter what you want to call it. I did those things. And even, you know, I have done that on a, on a national and global level, also leading teams doing it. And the, the biggest roadblock to being able to make that many touches is is really a person's willingness to do so and to last through the eight to 13 touches because you have to be intentional yeah. about it. And I, I was having this conversation with a sales guy a few weeks ago. We were talking about um, business development. We were in this, you know, he was asking me, well, you know, but I know that there's this project and, and I want to, I want to, I want to talk to this guy. And I called him and I never heard back from him. And I was like, okay, when was the last time you called him two weeks ago? Okay, cool. How many times did you call him two weeks ago? Once. What else did you do? <laughs> I, and, and so, and so that's the thing. It's not, it's not the inability to do it. It's, it's the willingness to do the things every single day around all of the other responsibilities that you yeah. have. To be well, able to I make would say, I would say it's not even willingness. It's just like 
human frailty, right? Like we're not able to always do everything that we want to be able to do. And so that's where technology is so exciting that it can come in and help support that where you can have a strategy where you build out those thoughtful 13 touch points, put them into an email sequence, and then run someone through it where they have an opportunity to opt out at every step. But if they don't, they're continuing to get a stream of messaging that's helping encourage them and educate them on the opportunity that we're presenting. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's, and it's the consistency, right? And, and, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, automation can still have authenticity. It can still, you know, when you're taking the time and you really think about what's happening is someone taking the time when it's done right, which I believe is, is, it is done right at the daily vest, taking a lot of time on the front end to build those ideal customer profiles so that we're, I mean, there's an intimacy there of truly wanting to know who that person is, who that persona is, who, who that best person is for that graduate program, right? There's a, there's an intimacy level there because there's a seeking of getting to know all the things, the characteristics and the demographics and all these different variables about that person. So, because they're the best person you're, you're going to be able to serve with your program, right? That, that wants it, that wants to go out and use it to make a difference. And so, you know, there's a when it's done right and you really do that ideal customer profile or persona building really well then that that scale through automation is still really authentic because of the work that was done not only in the profiling but then in the messaging of how you're communicating to them one it's still one to one but it's one to one times whatever that number Thanks. is yeah well, and to that point, I feel like the authenticity continues when they actually have that meeting with the person who's reaching out, right? And yeah. what's been really cool for me to see is that often these folks will meet with these potential students, they'll have a conversation. And in the course of the conversation, sometimes that specific program isn't the right one, but there's another program at the university that makes it like makes sense. And so there's still this like, you know, consultative approach of not just trying to push one specific thing. It's more about like, what are your career goals? We thought that based on your background, this might make sense for you, but perhaps Mm. another program would better support where you're looking to be three years, five years down the road. You know, you know what I find amazing about this though, Emily, like even as you're talking about it and Carlo, Carlo, I think, I think you'll both get it extremely when I say it, it sounds like recruitment for graduate programs is just like sales <laughs> and, when, and when sales is and when sales is done the right way right because for yeah, them it's the right not way. about it, it's so amazing to graduate programs to your point emily it's like oh you get in you start having a conversation you start you start finding those those pain points or those those interest points their goals their challenges right and you are listening to them and and they go because whether or not the bad, you know, there's people who talk negatively about higher education and I get there are some areas where it can be improved, but I truly believe that, especially when you get in the graduate level, those people want to help you accomplish your dreams. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're, they're talking about this stuff and then they're like, Oh, this doesn't sound like the right thing for you in my program, but you might really like this one. What they're doing is they're replacing one solution with a better solution that is a better fit for the customer at sales. And and I that's where I think even within the this area of the university, what the Daily Vest is doing and the focus is helping them become better at sales so that they can have the right conversations with the right people. They might not want to think about it as, as sales, but recruitment into programs is selling. And mm-hmm. it, it's 
and it's a noble it's a noble art yeah and i think recruitment into not just the programs but like the university itself you know like yeah. the, the, the experience because I, I mean i changed my you know um my major probably five six times when i was undergrad <laughs> but the, the my experience walking out you know experience walking out of out of school was 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 just that it was a really great experience you know from um socially it was it, you know i got an education out of it but also you know it wasn't the specific program but it was the overall holistic experience of school and i think it's really interesting that i think we've said a, a few times where you know undergraduate enrollment might be declining but graduate um enrollment is, is inclined uh, increasing and i i don't know like the specific metrics of why but um part of me wants to feel like because of the how crazy the world is today like you can actually have civil discussions inside higher education like a safer space to do that and i think that's really attractive if you're not getting that every day because i feel like everything is so combative even on social media or even when you talk to your friends and family about po politics and stuff like that but if you get into a safer space like a place like higher ed there could be a place for civil discourse you know again <laughs> you know like yeah. that we don't have well, and I and I completely agree with that. And I would say that it's been interesting to see that a lot of the folks that, you know, are often interested in these different graduate programs just from the work we've done are either job changers. So, you know, they started their career one way and then as they evolved and grew as a person, they recognized another area of interest and, you know, they wanted to be able to make that switch. But, you know, their background wasn't in that. Or a lot of folks already have a master's degree, but they want another one just to be able to expand their knowledge base and often from a career perspective that adds on additional credentials that based on their industry makes sense. And so those are kind of two of the common themes that, that we've seen in terms of the responses. What it, Emily, when, when you're working with these higher education programs and cause I, I want to be, I would like us to address it in, in, in this way, and you're you're having discussions around what what the daily vest does and how how they you know how the daily vest helps you know orchestrate those right conversations with the right people at, you know at the right time. What are the biggest what are the biggest obstacles that you're facing when it comes to why someone in higher education would not choose to use technology and and use resources like this to reach their people. Hmm. Well, I'd say there's a couple of different things. I, I've noticed that often the folks who are more open to trying more than one different type of strategy are the folks that are interested in, you know, exploring our program. So I know I'm answering the question the other way, but I think sometimes it's easy that there's always been a certain way of doing things to want to continue to do that. So I think you know, being open to trying a new process and to implementing new technologies definitely, you know, needs to be there in order, I think, for this to be successful. I think another piece of it is that historically, a lot of this outreach, as we've mentioned a couple of times, has been, you know, more brand focused than uh, individually focused. So in order for our program to be really effective, we need buy-in from, you know, the team and from an individual that, you know, we can use for the, the outreach. And when I, I say use for the outreach, I don't mean, you know, um, responding as them. We work together to craft the messaging. Everything's approved before it gets sent out. Um, but then, you know, we can create all of the hand raisers in the world, but if um, there's no one on the other end to respond to those hand raisers, then, um, you know, we're really creating activity just for activity's sake. So something we always talk about 
before kicking off a project with anyone is making sure the adequate support is in place on the university side to make sure that they can capture the value of the conversations. And that often looks like, you know, additional members on the team, not just the outreach designee that we're using, um, be it, you know, the, the dean of enrollment or the director of graduate enrollment or director of admissions um, LinkedIn profile, but folks on their team who can help support the, the responses as well. Yeah. Do you think is the ones that are more open and they're like, you know, we, we've done everything, we've tried everything. And, and we're, you know, you're starting to see this a lot more in B2B too, as, as the millennial generation starts taking more leadership roles and responsibilities, there's a lot less of this is how we've always done it. So this is how we're always going to yeah. do it. Right. So there's a little bit of shift there. The ones that are like, you know what, we've done it this way. We've been getting the same results. It's the definition of insanity. It's time to do something different. What are the conversations like after you're running the program and you're running campaigns and people are raising their hands saying, yes, I want, like, I'm interested in that, you know, hamster veterinarian master's program for, you know, for hamsters and guinea pigs. And I, I want to go do that. What are what are those conversations like with those people who took a chance on doing something different? I mean, it's super exciting to get the emails of there's another one or like I looked at the queue and there's 15 more today than there were yesterday. You know, folks who want to have conversations. Now, obviously, all of those folks won't end up applying. But I think what's been really cool is that, you know, we put processes in place where often we're, we're starting everyone on a pilot. But what's so fun to see is when we're, you know, going past the pilot to a longer uh, engagement and then even increasing the engagement in terms of being able to support more programs. And we've, we've had that happen with some of the universities that we've worked with. And it's super exciting just to see, you know, it's not just the proof of concept, but it's the continual value that we're able to bring um, to a, a variety of these different programs. Why is it so important for these graduate programs and these ones that might be more highly specialized and niche? Why is it so important for them to find the people and, 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 and get the people into the program that are interested in it? What, is, what does that mean for them as a program at a, in a university? Well, a lot of these programs are newer. And so in terms of thinking about outreach, there's, you know, being reactive and being proactive. And so I think often in order to prove success of these programs and to continue the funding or continue, you know, the board being on board with these new programs, um, you know, you have to have a certain number of folks enrolling, a certain number of folks inquiring about the program. And so I think not doing it, and it doesn't even just have to be daily best, right? It can be a variety of different ways to be able to do more targeted specific outreach to these potential candidates. It's amazing how many folks just don't know. Because when you think about like our our day-to-day, -day, we're inundated with so much information, you know, think about Instagram, Facebook, yeah. email, um, you know, it can be really difficult to like pay attention to anything new that you're like responsible as a person to proactively go find. Like Jonathan, I think you're the outlier of like, you know, Googling it and then, you know, continuing on that journey. I think often a lot of us need to be chased down in order to like actually evaluate something that, you know, piques our interest that we just don't have the mind space to necessarily go out and find ourselves. So I think, you know, universities specifically with these niche programs can't just rely on someone Googling them and finding them, especially, you know, given how that whole world's going to, you know, be upended with, you know, AI and everything that's coming um, in yeah. that way. But um 
yes, that, that would be my, my thought there. Yeah. And I think there's always something to be said about, you know, being sought after, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a candidate or as someone that's looking to kind of, you know, take it to the next level in education or an experience is something to be said when someone reaches out and says, Hey, we think you'd be a really great fit. You, you know, you're sort of recruiting like these, this value and these people to your program that you think would be, um, you know, uh, an added value to, or a culture add to what you have going on. I think there's something to be said there. And, and people like that feeling that they're getting recruited or, or asked to come check it out. Right. I think that's also, I think people are getting smarter and, also getting sick of getting retargeting ads. You know, if I were just to go, <laughs> go, go to a, you know, I, I, I go to a, a website or university site and then all of a sudden I'm getting, and that's fine. That's a, a strategy, right? But it, it doesn't feel authentic. Well, that's brand, right? Like right, that's, that's brand, that's, right. Yeah. And, 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 and I, and, and I think it's, I think you have a point, like also think about it this way. When, as when I got done with my, as I was getting done with my MBA program, I got reached out to by re, you know, Regent reached out to me and they were like, Hey, based on your grades, cause I was horrible undergrad, horrible undergrad, bad. I didn't even know I could get into a graduate level program. To be honest, like I'm not lying. I didn't think, I was like, I don't know that I'm going to get accepted. My GPA in my undergrad was awful. Um, but, but what was interesting is I got asked to be in a doctorate program. And, and they were like, Hey, your grades, you know, 3.87. I was an A minus away from, you know, really close, but that. hey, you, we, we want you in this program and all this stuff. Um, and it was a leader, a, strate- a doctorate in strategic leadership. And, and there was a little bit at that moment of validity to what I felt like my calling was in my life. And I think that's, I think that's something too, that, Carlo, to your point, when there's this seeking out of people and you feel like, man, like they're, they're reaching out to me. There's a little bit of that validation of that stirring that people have of like, man, I've been wanting to look into something like that. Maybe, you know, and not all people are going to take that, take that stirring and do anything with it. But, but the ones like me who, who get reached out to that, that that get that little bit of validation, that little bit more of that poke that like that thing that you've been wanting, you know, like you can do it. And look, there are people that believe that you can do it also. And I I think that's powerful. Oh yeah. Well, it it goes back to that whole consultative approach, right. Of being able to say like, what, what matters to you? Like, what do you want to bring to the world and how can we help make that happen? Cause we don't get asked that question a lot. No, we don't. Agreed. And it's typically what can we, it's typically what can people get from us? And, and in the conversations, which I think is what makes working with higher education in this way and, and helping them do this, I think is, is just, is so exciting about what we're doing in the space because for the first time, a lot of these people now at some point in their, you know, I was, I was 37, 38 when I started up back. There was the, I was at that point in my life where it was really like, is my dream really something that I can do? Or am, mm-hmm. is, am I always going to be here doing this? Right. Which is, and, and it's not bad to work for people or anything like that, but it was mm-hmm. more about what I could give people for, instead of, you know, that, that, that's, that's so good, Emily. 
the get versus the get, right? That's what That's it, right. it boils down to. And let's be honest, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know D- Jonathan was writing down. I mean, Doctor Darling sounds pretty, pretty good. as a kid kid, uh before before i was told i was too poor to be a doctor um i wanted to be a doctor i wanted to be a pediatrician because my my name is literally you know jonathan darling at john darling peter pan my whole entire i would have been a pediatrician my whole entire office would have been decorated in peter pan (laughs) and i would have been dr darling and i told my wife that's the only reason why i did not go back and get my doctorate is one um, school is graduate level school is difficult. And you've, and it, and, and when you're old enough to understand the value of what you're learning, the effort you're willing to put in is so much greater. Um, So if anybody's out there thinking, I didn't, I wasn't a great student in my undergrad, I'm telling you, I wasn't either, but you want it. It's different. You it's, it means more because you actually understand this can help you get to where you want to go in your life. And, and, but you know, like it's graduate level school is, it's hard and it's fun. No joke. It's no joke, <laughs> but you can do it. Mm-hmm. Emily, this was a great episode. And I, I, I really, I really appreciate being able to talk about this because this, this whole higher education and, and what we're doing at Daily Vest with them has really, as a sales guy, brought a, brought a new excitement to me because there's loving sales so much from a standpoint of believing sales is service and being able to help find customers that we can serve with what we do is something I've been passionate about for a long time and, and mostly in the B2B space. And now thinking that there's another area where I can maybe share some of that passion of things that I've learned from my time in business development and new customer acquisition from the sales side of things now partnered with some incredible people who not only know the sales side, but also the marketing side where we can really help bridge that gap, right? Mm -hmm. And move them from indirect brand marketing, you know, to more human to human marketing, which I I love, love, love that. Emily, (laughs) thank you so much. Uh, Carla, why don't you, why don't you take us out, my friend? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Emily. Stay tuned and we'll see you guys soon.